We started in September 1st, 2014 with this adventure lodging concept. And we didn't go out and get investment money. We stayed as a privately owned family business. And there are moments where I wonder if that was the right move or not. My name is Sebastian Leitner. Welcome to the podcast. The Turndown recently sat down with Asa Firestone. He is a rock climber who lives in Boulder, Colorado. Boulder is a place where you fly to or travel to when you want to see parks, natural beauty, fantastic mountains. It's in the middle of Colorado, but it's sort of a stepping stone into the great wild American Rocky Mountains. Asa runs two properties, a beer garden, a camper vans. Uh, he's a really great character with a business crack background that has discovered hospitality via detours and is creating a community catering to rock climbers and nomads, digital nomads, people who are finding beauty in nature. Asa, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure having you on board. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, and I want to get right into the most important question, which is as a CEO and co-founder of A-Lodge, what is keeping you up at night these days? Well, other than my uh, eight week old baby, um, there's Congratulations. a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Um, there's a lot that keeps me up at night. Uh, you know, we are a small business, um, you know, under-resourced, uh, we've been bootstrapping for a long time. We never got big investment money. So, you know, it's really a family owned business. Um, so, you know, there's things from maintenance, which is probably the biggest thing that keeps me up at night, uh, to this kind of internal, uh, drive to try to grow and to try to uh, you know, be better and always be striving to, you know, become a, a more of of the ideal vision of what I set out to accomplish. And so that's always, uh, you know, that drive is always keeping me up at night. Um, then, you know, I, another aspect that keeps me up at night is that I started um, a camper van business uh, because we're in adventure lodging. And so I thought, okay, what's more adventure lodging than camper vans, right? You know, it's like a hotel on wheels that can go out on adventures in the backcountry. Um, and that's a very different business than hotels. It's really more similar to rental car business. So that's kept me up at night because I've had to relearn a whole new business. <laughs> um, and then in addition, at our second location, We've got a, a beer garden and a food truck park that I started as part of the property. And that's another business that I've had to learn as well. So, um, you know, there's the maintenance, there's the, the growth and the drive to be, to always be improving. And then there's, uh, you know, learning new businesses um, on top of just the hotel business. That sounds so interesting. So to our listeners, let's get to maybe a few minutes spent on describing your property. Let's start with that. You have two properties, um, if I'm not mistaken, and they're branded A-Lodge. Is that correct? And what, so help uh, our listeners understand what is so different or what is so unique about your properties. Absolutely. So I'm going to actually go back to the beginning here and I, so 
I'm a rock climber. That's my passion. That's what I nice. love to do in my spare time. Uh, you know, back in when I was 25, I got a, a grant with uh, National Geographic, a Young Explorers grant. We went to the Venezuelan Amazon, uh, took a two-week uh, backcountry, you know, uh, ongo boat journey into like the deepest part of the Orinoco Basin. Um, we actually went into like a military zone and it's a whole other thing but we that's a podcast on its own okay. yes well, yes well, uh we went out there to try to climb this mountain called Aretitiope. um and we honestly after two weeks boat journey and then a couple days trekking through the jungle um we didn't even get to the base of it so it was it was a total crazy adventure we did do some climbing but it wasn't um you know what i set out to um you know and then I've climbed El Capitan a number of times in Yosemite. So I'm a big climber. And so in 2014, I set out to create the Climbers Hostel for Boulder, Colorado. Boulder is a place that has amazing adventure, amazing rock climbing. And yet, even back then in 2014, it was very expensive to try to stay in Boulder. There wasn't a proper campground. The, the hostel was shut down a year before, turned into student housing. So there's a need to create a space for adventure enthusiasts to to be able to uh, stay in Boulder and experience Boulder. Mm -hmm. So we found this property and it was just a very tired, um, you know, kind of old beat up motel, but it had a perfect location and the perfect property. And so we bought that in December of 2014. It was called the Boulder Mountain Lodge. And then since then, we've been... You know, we renovated the lobby. Uh, we've renovated all the rooms. We've rebranded it. We created the Adventure Lodge brand or the A-Lodge for short, which is really what we go by. Um, mm -hmm. And we we converted a couple suites into a hostel. Uh, we redid uh, the campground there because we're that property was the only uh, permitted camping in all of Boulder. Um, we built out some van life. Uh, sites. We we built a bar and got a liquor license. Um, you know, we've done a, a lot. We built a slackline park there. Uh, we connected a trail to the local, um, you know, hiking above our property. So it's kind of like a never ending uh, labor of love just on that property because uh, there's just so much potential. And even now, eight years in, um, there's still so much more to do, but when I go up there and I, I look around, it does really feel satisfying to think about where we started and then where we've gotten to. Um, mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy how long that type of project takes and how much blood, sweat, and tears go into it. But if you actually compare what we started with, with where we're at now, it really is night and day. So um, that's something that I really have to remind myself uh, every day because otherwise, you know, you get so caught up in the weeds of, oh my gosh, we have this maintenance issue. We've got to replace these pipes. We have a, we, you know, um, a couple months ago in the winter, we had a leak because we're on a, a cistern, you know, on a well, <laughs> mm -hmm. a leak underground that we couldn't find for a month. And so we were having to truck water up to keep water 
going through our pipes and for our guests so people could take showers and all of that. And, and it was likely freezing temperatures, just for everyone to it understand. Was, absolutely. So it was freezing temperatures. And what it was, was a it, it was a, a old pipe that was 10 feet underground. We actually mm-hmm. jackhammered up some of our foundation because our leak detector told us it was there. It wound mm-hmm. up being about five feet out from there. And so then we were like, oh, well, we didn't actually have to jackhammer up this concrete. So then, you know, it's just... Those type of of issues um, are so fundamental to a property like this, which is in the mountains, where you have a well, you have a wastewater treatment plant, uh, it's old infrastructure. But at the same time, with those difficulties, um, you know, of maintenance and old infrastructure, it's also worth it because it's such a unique property. It's five minutes from downtown Boulder. Uh, when you're up there, you feel like you could be anywhere in the Rockies. You you feel like boulders miles and miles and miles away. Um, it's beautiful. It just feels like another world. But then you can get back into town and go to five-star restaurants, you know, and be on Pearl Street and experience all that Boulder has to offer. So you kind of have the best of both worlds. And it fit our brand and our vision of creating a adventure lodging hub uh, in the center of adventure resources. So Boulder Canyon has amazing hiking. It's got amazing fly fishing. It's got amazing rock climbing. It's got amazing mountain biking. You know, it's got all of it. And, you know, all of those adventures are at uh, the fingertips of our guests. But then we're also next to Boulder. So it's worth all the the difficulties and all the headaches because of, of the unique aspects of the property. Um, you know, it, it's really been the hardest thing I've ever done and also the most satisfying thing I've ever done. So now I want to go back to Boulder. I, I went through Boulder probably 10 years ago when visiting Yellowstone. I think I flew into uh, Boulder, picked up a car. And then from there on, we went three weeks hiking through Yellowstone and surrounding parks, uh, which was fantastic, but nothing hiking like you do hiking. It's probably more the, you know, not rock climbing, maybe just hiking. Let's let's call it this yeah. way. Um, you mentioned something that 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 spurred my interest. You said bootstrapped at some point in our conversation, right? right. Um, so here you are. What eight years ago you you start with no foreign investment? How do you keep going? How do you motivate yourself to to to? Because you must have seen a lot of things in these eight years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, I mean, that's, I think that's the biggest question that I continue to ask myself is I look at, uh, some other brands that are, you know, in the same market as us. So the lodge camps, gravity house, the auto camp, I mean, these are different, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely different animals than a lodge, but all of those brands started out by, you know, they bootstrapped maybe for a year or so to like, you know, prove their model. Then they went out and they got serious uh-huh. investment on ETH so that uh-huh. they could, you know, grow quickly. And we've been kind of the opposite. We started out, we were actually before any of those brands. We started December 1st, 2014 with this adventure lodging concept. And we didn't go out and get investment money. We stayed as a privately owned family business. Um, and 
there are moments where I wonder if that was the right move or or not. Um, and because it's it's really difficult to, you know, real estate takes a lot of money, right? It takes a lot mm-hmm. of resources, takes a great team. And when you are bootstrapping, um, it it makes all of that a lot harder. Um, the advantage is that uh, you don't have a boss, uh, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. There is a, you know, I think that I look at it kind of like climbing a, a big wall or, or, or a climbing expedition where you've got to enjoy some of that kind of what I call type two fun, where, you know, you've got to enjoy the pain of climbing the mountain um, and the journey of that and, and find that challenge to be really inspiring um, because otherwise it's not worth it, right? Because eight years of your life, if you don't enjoy some of the, the challenge of that and, um, you know, rather than just, um, you know, the success, then it's not going to be possible. It's not going to be worth it uh, for, for me as the entrepreneur. And I think that one of the things that we've done that, that has made that more feasible is that because of our adventure brand, because of our rock climbing uh, culture, um, we've actually been able to bring in a lot of staff members who are climbers, who feel like they're part of uh, a climbing tribe. And so they, you know, I've got a number of employees, amazing employees who've been with us for years and years. They live in a van on our property. And so they don't have to pay Boulder uh, rent and they can afford to live in Boulder and afford to have a job at a hotel. And then when they say, hey, I'm going to Yosemite for a week to go climbing, uh, we, we say, yeah, we get it. We're climbers. Mm-hmm. Go, go to Yosemite. Just give us a heads up so we can cover your shifts. But we want you to live your best life as long as it's reasonable. And so they understand that we're climbers, that we understand they're climbers. And so it's, it creates a, a culture that is supportive and, and it kind of, um, what, what do you say? Um, we kind of walk the talk and, um, and that means that our retention of our employees of really amazing people is incredible, right? It's made it easier to bootstrap because we have awesome people who live on site that believe in, in the culture. They believe in us, they believe in the property and they believe in the mission of A-Lodge. What's also so interesting, oftentimes in hospitality, the staff servicing guests are not part of the same necessarily community, right? Like you have a uh, a young aspiring professional that works in hospitality catering to a, a corporate traveler or a family of, of, of people traveling together. So the, the social and economic factor of or sort of attributes are very different. It sounds to me you have your own customer, I guess, almost uh, uh, portfolio catering to your own guests, right? Like it's sort of your staff is made out of your target audience, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I think that absolutely. Now, the only thing I would say there is that being in Boulder and being part of the Boulder uh, lodging market, um, mm-hmm. we definitely get a lot of climbers. We get hikers. We get mountain bikers who stay with us. Uh, mm-hmm. 
get outdoor industry groups uh, who mm-hmm. stay with us. We've had North Face. We've had Patagonia, Arcteryx. We have Uphill Athletes, which is owned by Steve House, uh, who is mm-hmm. one of the greatest alpinists, uh, American alpinists to ever live, who's staying with us right now. They're doing a retreat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, we also get all sorts of different type of guests. So we get we we get some corporate guests that have nothing to do with the outdoor industry. We get a ton of families. Um, uh-huh. You know, Boulder, we, we get a lot of uh, uh, University of Colorado student parents, right? So, uh-huh. you know, people from New York and Texas and California who are older that really have nothing to do with our kind of adventure climber tribe. But I think that what works for us is that our branding, it all speaks to, it's all aligned with the property and with this outdoor culture. And so even if you're not our target demographic of being a, a rock climber, uh, you're a parent who lives in LA, uh, but you know what you're getting into. You know that this is an adventure branded place. It, it's adventurous. It's it's more um, uh, laid back. It's um, more casual. And then when you meet people who are working there that are also climbers, they might have a beard, uh, stuff like that. It fits, and that mm-hmm. it, it and people appreciate the fact that we have a strong culture. We have a strong brand that speaks to who we are and what to expect. Um, and so, and then of course, if you are a climber and you're staying with us and you you just fit right in, you can talk to our staff members about where to go climbing. Uh, you know, we I like to think about all of our front desk uh, staff members uh, being adventure concierge. Um, so, you know, you can talk to anybody who works there and they will be able to give you great beta or information about Mm -hmm. where to go climbing, where to go hiking, where to get gear, uh, all of that. And all the stuff that is not on social media or the internet easily accessible. So the secret spots, I assume as well, right? Um, Yeah. Some of them, we don't want to give all our secrets away. Okay. Fine. I get that. (laughs) I get that. Uh, I want to get back to something you said uh, earlier. So you started in 2014 with a property in Boulder, and then you've expanded or added complexity to your business, right? You've uh, added an additional property in Alliance, if I'm not mistaken. There's a beer garden, there's camper vents, there's a bar. Um, Help me understand, you know, is there anything you would have not done? Let's put it this way. Let's start there. I think that's hindsight. Yes, that's a great question. So we started both of those businesses, the camper van rental business and the Lions property in 2019. So right before Uh the pandemic. Um, And if I had hindsight with the pandemic and with everything else, I I don't know if I would have done either of those businesses. that's not to say that neither of them have been successful, but they've they've been really um, taxing on me personally. Um, and, you know, and I think that as I learn more about business and as I get more experience, I realize that it's not all about just growing as fast as you can. It's about because my time and resources are, you know, um, finite, right? So uh-huh. I can only do so much. And if I spend all my time working on something that's not the the right option, 
then I've, uh, I'm not working on the other option that could have been a lot more useful and could have gotten us further down the road. Now, so, so really where that's gotten us is that the camper van business is super cool. Uh, we got into it at the right time. That being said, we were not resourced enough to do it as well as I wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. I really believed in it. I feel, and I still believe that it fits our brand so well, but I just didn't have enough hours in the day. And honestly, at this point, we've taken a big step back on our camper van rentals. Uh, we've sold a number of our vans. We had eight vans at our peak. We sold. Wow. Most of, yeah. Um, and each of those vans is really expensive. So that was a big investment for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sold most of our vans. We're, we're planning to keep one van and we are going to take the next year and we're not going to do rentals to the public. We're going to use it for marketing events. We're going to do some giveaways. We're going, we're going to bring it to different, uh, adventure outdoor industry events to market for a lodge. Um, and you know, we might be able to, uh, rent it to some, um, you know, friends and family who we know and trust. We just have had a lot of issues with maintenance, with, uh, you know, problems with the van, um, or, or problems with, with user error at two in the morning. And then they're calling me and I'm dealing with it. Um, I I just, and we weren't able to make the, the numbers on the camper vans work as well as I had hoped. Now mm-hmm. there's some amazing companies out there, uh, native camper vans, Titus, um, you know, escape, um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that are making, uh, renting out camper vans work. Um, but what I've realized is that I you know, with, with our resources being finite, I need to focus on what is it, what's our core, uh, value proposition. What is it that we do well that that makes our business work. And that is really adventure lodging and camper vans are that, but it's a bit of an offshoot. And so we need to focus, uh, being small and, and, um, and then with lions, uh, lions is an awesome town. I actually live in lions. It's in Uh between Boulder, Colorado and Estes park where Uh Rocky Mountain national park is. It's got amazing music and great restaurants and it's got a beautiful river that comes through it uh it's got plain of bluegrass which has some of the best bluegrass uh festivals in the world uh located right here in lyons so it's a really cool town but it's very small and uh it's very seasonal and so that project has been a little difficult as well um and then to add in some complication uh, I built out this beautiful event space, food truck park, beer garden. Uh-huh. And so I've had to learn that business from scratch. And that's been hard. Um, it's take, it took a long time to get it built. Uh, we had some issues with permitting. It costs more with, with material costs and labor costs during the pandemic. Um, but what I realized is that the camper vans, a little easier to sell and to, to, um, liquidate, right. They're a little more Mm -hmm. liquid, uh, Mm -hmm. capital versus lions, which I didn't want to sell. And Mm -hmm. lions is a lot harder to sell, right. Because it's real estate and it's, it, it hasn't 
had time to really be proven fully yet. So I don't want to sell Lions. Camper van's mm -hmm. a little easier to sell, a little bit more brand drift. So that's kind of what I've done is I've uh, pulled back on the camper vans, focus on our Boulder property and our Lions property. And uh, I think that's the right decision is just really focus on what is our core uh, a value proposition? What is our core business? That is venture lodging and, and owning our real estate. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that that's the right decision, um, you know, being a small business to focus. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds great. And you're absolutely right. Uh, what lets you sleep easily? You know, the sort of the reverse question of what keeps you up at night? What, what gives you comfort? What, what relaxes you? Uh, that's a really good question. I think having amazing staff, um, mm -hmm. having, you know, working with a good accountant so that I uh, have a model for my finances going out a year or two so I can mm -hmm. really feel like, okay, this is where our cash flow is. Because being a, an entrepreneur, being a small business, the, the worry is that you run out of cash, you can't sure. make payroll. Uh, and then where are you at? Then you're, mm -hmm. you're in a bad place. That's, that's dark. So, you know, really being confident in our model and our forecasts. So that way, you know, because being a, a small seasonal business, there are, there have been times where I've looked at our numbers and I've said, oh, we are going to run out of money at this point in the middle of January when we're slow. But no. if you know that, and you know that that you're going to have a great summer. Well, you can you can work with that. You can figure that out. You can work with the bank to get a line of credit. Um, you know, whatever it might be. If you have time and you know what's coming, you can solve it. And so I tackle think, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's what what helps me uh, sleep at night is knowing I've got an amazing team that I can rely on that we can. Uh, delegate tasks to and uh, feel confident in them to perform that like I would. And then being confident in our numbers so that uh, I don't have financial surprises. Yeah. That's so important. I want to do a quick uh, lightning round. Um, so in the lightning round, I will throw you a word and just share what comes to mind. Could be anything, could be a word as well, or could be a sentence. But I'm curious, you know, on your reactions, of course. There's no wrong answer, and uh, uh, I've witnessed quite a few very funny reactions. So uh, that, that should, should certainly be entertaining. What comes to mind when I say the word departures? Um, uh, housekeeping. <laughs> okay, luggage. Proof. Again, I don't know. Luggage. Maybe you don't have one. You only use yeah. a backpack, I assume. Yeah, <laughs> backpack. Backpack. Uh, yes. Yeah, we'll go with <laughs> backpack on that one. Direct versus OTA. Oh, um, profit margin. Okay. Distraction. Uh, my life. <laughs> Digital marketing. Uh, uh, headaches. Okay, travel in 2030. Really? Uh, opportunity. Okay, social media. I would give this two, opportunity and 
Time, time suck. <laughs> Leisure. Oh, digital nomads. Okay. Housekeeping. Uh, I mean, this is a longer one. Housekeeping was the hardest part of our, the beginning of our business. And once we really solved it, it's become so good and amazing. Um, so maybe a problem to solve, a crucial problem to solve, but we've solved. Now I need to ask a follow-up question that goes a little bit outside of the lightning round. Why was it a problem? What, what was the problem? Uh, our location in Boulder is a little bit, you know, it's up the canyon. You need a car to get there. Um, and so we had a really hard time finding reliable staff for housekeeping. Okay. And eventually we found the right staff members and we, you know, compensated them well. And they've been with us for a very long time. Um, and it's really worked out really well. But, you know, there was a long period where housekeeper would call out and, you know, it's snowing or something like that. And then you don't have somebody there. What are you going to do? I have to go and clean rooms. And, you know, I've got a billion other things I was planning to do, but there's no other choice. I've got to go and clean rooms because we have coming and we are certainly not going to not have a clean room for them or, or walk them to somewhere else. We're going to clean the room. And if it means I have to do it, I'm going to do it. And, and it could, you know, housekeeping could, uh, you know, fall through at some point and then we have to start over and find the right people. And it's hard because it's a hard job. Um, it pays okay, but it doesn't pay amazing. So, you know, finding the right housekeeping staff is so crucial, training them right. It's just so mm -hmm. fundamental to the operation of our business. And since we're small and we're a little bit more remote, it's different from something like the Marriott in downtown Denver, downtown Boulder, um, which is a little more standard. Um, but when you find the right team, makes makes everything so much better. And then you can really start building and mm -hmm. you know getting more creative and um, spending your time where you want it to go. Yeah, fantastic. I want to talk a little bit about the pandemic, but less so about the impact. I think everyone has had their own experiences more so you know, uh, what you personally learned from it. Uh, what were some of the sort of realizations or best practices or learnings that you've taken from the pandemic and that you still, to a certain extent, apply maybe today? I, I think that what I've learned from the pandemic is humility. Uh, I started this business when I was 32 years old, um, and I had success in the beginning. Um, uh -huh. I mean, it was hard, but I felt like, oh, I can do this. And, you know, we're just going to, you know, in 10 years, we're going to have, we're going to be this big thing. And, you know, it's uh -huh. not that hard. And we're going to, you know, I just felt like success was um, guaranteed for, you know, and, and it was, um, you know, it, it was something that was uh, promised in a way. And that's ridiculous. And that's partly because I was young, but it also is partly because I hadn't gone through some of those hard times to learn how grateful I need to be, how appreciative I need to be for the success that we've had and how hard 
it really is to keep that success and um and maintain it and uh-huh. you know and the and the pandemic really made that obvious right it, it you know all of a sudden you don't have the bookings you don't have the revenue you've got to deal with with you know PPP funds you've got to deal with staff that don't necessarily want to work you've got to deal with uh you know and and at that point i had just expanded i was expanding to bands and our second property in lions and i mean yeah it was really difficult for me to figure out how do i make it through all of this being a small business without um, a ton of resources without deep pockets and it really taught me humility and taught me that um you know what also it taught me the value of um of investments right when you spend money on things you better know that they're that they're the right things because that that money doesn't come back and if you spend money on the wrong things because you were were moving too quickly or you you didn't analyze it well enough that could be a mistake that uh could have dire consequences in the future. Um, and I think that in the beginning, I was thinking, well, we got we to gotta make these improvements. We got to just make quick decisions and, and move fast, move fast. And now I've realized that that's okay. You can move fast. And in a lot of ways, in the right situations, that's the most important thing. But in the end, you've got to make the right decisions. And if it takes a year longer, to make that right decision, hold your money, hold what small amount of money you have and invest it properly. That is so much smarter in the long run than just trying to get things done and just trying to move as fast as you can. Um, so I think humility and the, the value of the small amount of resources that you have, making sure you spend those and you invest those resources wisely, even if it takes longer. Very, very nice. Um, I think you coined a term that uh, I've been copying a few times, but you, I believe you joined a, a club at, uh, or Cloud Talks event at some point. You were talking about the uh, the great American road trip is back. Following the pandemic, or as we were coming out of the pandemic, people started to travel again and, and go outdoors. Um, I'm curious, as we're approaching, if you will, the summer of, of 23, are we looking at a normal summer in your point of, from your point of view? Like, are we, are we back to some form of normality or are things still crazy to a certain extent? Uh, I think, I mean, that's a good question. I don't have a crystal ball, but I do think that things are, are coming back to more normal than they have been the last couple of years. Um, what I'm seeing in the Boulder market is that we're still going to, I, I believe we're going to have uh, our best summer ever, personally. I, I, I think our, our summer last year was actually, for us, was, was great. And I think that this summer is still going to be great. I think that our revenues will be slightly higher than they were last summer. Um, mm-hmm. And what I, what I think that is going on is ADR is going up right? With inflation and with sure. whatever else, but ADR is going up. I think occupancy is, has been going up, but it's not 
quite to where the levels were, at least in the Boulder market in 2019, um, but they're really close. Um, but mm-hmm. ADR is so much higher that RevPAR and, and overall gross revenues are, are going to be higher than they were even in 2019. In terms of the road trip, I think that the last couple of years, it's been great. I mean, people have been uh, traveling by car, right? They're not going international. They're, they're, you know, traveling from the Midwest and driving out to Colorado, and then they want to stay with us. And so for us, I think it's been good. Uh, you know, we've, we've benefited from that trend. I think that that is uh, slowing down. Um, I think people are t- tightening up their pocketbooks a little bit. Um, but I, but when they do that, what do they, they still want to get out. They still want to enjoy themselves. They still want to get out to the mountains and, and travel. And I, I think that the, the cheapest way to do that is still the road trip. And so I think that there is still going to be, um, a a heavy interest in, uh, the American road trip. Um, but with vans, right, we're being in the van business, we have seen decrease in interest in um buying vans and and um and renting vans i think is still you know there's still a lot of interest but now there's a lot more supply out there there's more people doing that there's outdoorsy where people if you own a van and you realize just sitting in your driveway all day and you take it out four times a year well why not rent it and so outdoorsy is the airbnb of vans and rvs um so that's been growing um, but yes, I think that, you know, people are less likely to buy a van today than they were last year. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I think that they're, they're less likely to, um, you know, take a bunch of time and go on an expensive road trip. I think it's a little more, uh, subdued, uh, road trips this year. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I want to, um, talk a little bit about the future or next generation, right? You started in the business at the age of 32, if I believe uh, you mentioned. And I, I'm curious if if there's one piece of advice you'd give someone starting out in this industry now, what would that be? Oof. Um Well, one is to have a, a, a well-defined plan. If you are going to bootstrap, uh, know what that is and have a vision for where that will take you. Um, versus if you are going to, uh, get big investment and that's your plan, well, know what that path looks like and have that kind of defined, understand, okay, this is why we're doing this. And this is our, our goal. And we're going to go out and get investment at this point. And then our exit strategy is this, um, you know, for me, I'm more of a, a doer, right? So I have an idea. I'm just going to jump into it and and figure it out as I'm as I'm going, um, mm-hmm. which I think has some advantages, but uh, it can create a lot of a lot of problems. And um, you know, it, it it can put it can get you into a bind, right? Because you find yourself in a place that you hadn't mapped out. Um, mm-hmm. The other the other thing that I would advise is the youth today have so much, a huge advantage with marketing. They understand, you know, I'm not on TikTok, right? And I don't even know how valuable TikTok really is for a business like like ours. But 
you know, the youth today understand where the future of marketing, especially, um, you know, entrepreneurial kind of bootstrap marketing um, uh, is going and how to, how to use that. You know, the last thing I want to do is pick up my phone, talk to the camera every day, right? I don't, I just don't want to do that. I, I, I just, mm-hmm. I feel weird about it. I don't really love that. Um, but if I grew up doing that and if I understood and I felt comfortable doing that, maybe that's an amazing way to create thousands of followers and get free publicity and free marketing, um, Mm -hmm. without having to spend a dime. Um, you know, so I think that embracing the new marketing culture and the new marketing tools as a youth is a big advantage that even somebody I'm 40 years old, even I don't necessarily have my finger on the pulse of that. I I don't necessarily know the best way to take advantage of that. And if you're coming up now, you're under 30, you you definitely know a lot more about that than I do. Asa, is there a topic or a question that that I haven't asked you that you're passionate about? Uh, I, I think that, you know, my big question today is how do I, like, where is the vision of where I'm going? You know, do I want to run two properties and become an old man doing that, (laughs) right? Which there's some advantages there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The advantage is, you know, eventually you can have a really good lifestyle. You have less stress. You just dial things in and I can go rock climbing more, which is what I love to do. I can spend more time with my, with my new son. Um, Mm -hmm and my family, or do I want to, uh, you know, create a plan to grow and to, you know, get more corporate, uh, take bigger investment money and grow this into something more, um, you know, that's just, you know, working with a private equity firm and losing some of the soul of the business, or can I do that in a way that doesn't lose the soul of the business? And I think that those are the kind of questions that I'm asking myself now is where do I want this, where do I want this business to be in 10 years and 20 years? Um, and, and if I'm, if I sell the business, if I'm not part of it, what am I going to do with myself? What do I have a plan for? I, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, a lot of people who start a business, their, their sole focus is I'm going to start this business. I'm going to sell it. And I'm going to make money and then I'm going to do something else with my life. I, for me, I haven't gotten that far. For me, all of that I can see in the future is continuing to run this business with this brand. Um, because I, I, and you seem to be enjoying it every day, right? Like, like the way you yeah. talk about it, the way you sort of, uh, describe it, you seem to love it. I, I absolutely love hospitality. I love the the brand that we've created i love our staff members and our team um i i don't love some of the um the the handcuffs that it puts on me um i i think that if i could keep all of those things i love about the business but i could uh go rock climbing more and spend more time with my family that would be the perfect lifestyle and, and uh-huh. I do really want to grow, you know, just being, you know, just being a, a human, you need growth, fun, and meaning right in your job. So, 
uh, you know, you need growth. Humans need to grow, right? And so in your business or in your job, you need growth because if you're stagnant, you know, and you're not growing, then you're kind of dying in a way. Um, fun, there's definitely fun in, in this, in this, and meaning, you know, for me, I think the big aspect of meaning of, of what I do is, is providing easier access to the outdoors for our customers and our guests. Um, that's a, a mission of mine. It's been a mission for years, for over a decade. Um, I just know how much the outdoors and adventure has done for me. And I want to give that to our, our guests. Um, so I think those three elements are all there. And the growth one is uh, the big question mark of what does growth look like in an ideal world? Um, and I haven't answered that yet, but that's a big thing that I'm working on now is talking to as many people as I can um, and figuring out, does that look, is that organic growth? You know, oh. we're just continuing to move forward and we're slow, but we control it all. And, and, you know, in 10 years, maybe we have another property or two, or is it taking investment or is it a partnership with somebody else who's in a similar place where we don't have to have a, an investor that is just focused on money, but we have a bigger team and we have more resources and we can rely on each other and, and our, our learnings over the last 10 years. Um, you know, what does that look like? And, and hopefully I'll have an answer for you next time we talk. Um, but I'm in that, I'm in that process today of figuring out what does that look like? And honestly, like I was saying before, um, I think this is the type of question that does need, you know, it needs time because you need to make sure you make the right decision. Um, you know, if I took investment money today and it was the wrong, uh, investor or the wrong decisions that could totally, uh, be, that could be a regret that I never, uh, lived down. And, uh, you know, so, so it needs to be the right situation. I need to make the right decision, um, with how to grow. Well, I look forward to speaking to you in due course once you've, or as you make progress, um, on this decision, because it's, it's an important one. I want to wrap up with the final question and I, I, I can guess the answer, but I'll leave it for myself. What's your favorite travel destination in the world? Oh, oh, I love that question. I've been, well, oof. I mean, I, I expect I, that there's at least one mountain involved. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, I mean, there's so many, I mean, I spent over a year of my life in Brazil and so I probably got to go with Brazil. Um, Brazil has a combination of, uh, in my opinion, the most amazing culture. Uh, you know, the, the people are the warmest that I've seen in the world, really. Um, although there, there's so many warm cultures out there, but you know, just the music and the people and the food, um, and the beaches, but then it's such a huge country. There's so many places to explore there. Um, and it's so wild and so diverse in, in with their, their people, their culture, and also the, the environment, right? You have, you know, the, um, Amazon, you've got, um, you know, Rio. I mean, the fact that you can do a, 
a 10-pitch rock climb in Rio de Janeiro in the middle of the city, top out, get a beer, and take the cable car down is, I mean, where else in the world can you do that? Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. So I would have to say Brazil. And if you haven't been to Brazil, um, it is a wild country, but it is so worth it and so uh, rewarding and beautiful um, that I, I just... I, I haven't been there in a long time, and I, I really miss it down there. Well, let's make a point to have a beer on the top of uh, that mountain in Rio. Uh, Asa, thank you so much for coming on the program, uh, sharing your insights, your thoughts, your experiences. Really love having you here. Well, thank you, and I look forward to doing this again, and uh, thanks again. Thank you for listening to The Turndown. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in next week as we discover new exciting guests.